0: Oh, oh, what's up, baby? Welcome to the big dog's house. Oh, oh, (laughs) Uh, hello. My name is Adam Pacora, and you are listening to Requiem for a Tuesday. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, I don't know what that opening was. Uh, Just felt right just felt right and uh, trying to channel something let's get the energy flowing uh let's look alive uh beautiful day here in chicago illinois a crisp 60 degrees plus february what more can you ask for right uh i guess protection from whatever the hell is about to happen this summer, because it is going to be a brutal, I'm sure. Anyway, rate, review, subscribe, direct, we have for a Tuesday, Apple, Spotify, you name it, we're on it. Go check it out. Or, well, you're already checking it out, but hit that, smash that sub, bro. Come on now. Drop a like and a comment and a whatever, and a whatever. Uh, YouTube. Check it all out. We got music multiplex Wolfax. Check out Justice's show, my bandmate, and whatevs. Microwave minutes. Just check out the links below. We got lots of good stuff. Merch ourfat.bigcartel.com. Instagram man, our fat. All right. So before we get into the main event. ...of today's episode as we continue the Oscar lead-up episodes. I mean, I guess there'd really only be one more after this, right? Let me, let me pull up the old calendar real quick. What are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, the Oscars are on the 10th, so I can only really get one more episode in. So, you know, pretty minuscule Oscar season... Coverage on this show But if you look at what the market Is doing today The Oscars just don't matter To people anymore Now you say Adam why is that And I say Well obviously you know Movies just don't matter To people anymore And the Live TV just too tough of a pull Really only sports can get a live TV draw it seems. And, you know, there's plenty of other people overanalyzing. It, it ultimately is just an awards show about movies, but it used to be such a cultural event uh, that it'd be one thing for the ratings to dip and maybe pick up, you know, on streaming or the YouTube numbers go up the next day or you know whatever it may be, but unfortunately the data just suggests that people don't give a fuck and that's just what's sad. I wish, you know, if people just didn't watch it live but still had the same reaction and it still mattered. Maybe maybe it would hurt a little bit less, but it stings, ladies and gentlemen. It stings. Um you know, the memory is now burned into my brain of Missing the Chris Rock slap by by seconds, literally the walk from the Village Tavern to our hotel in New York, three blocks, whatever it was, not even, I don't think, literally like two minutes we missed of the Oscars and the internet completely exploded in that time frame. I don't know why I'm on this tangent. My point is just, it felt like the Oscars again for a second, you know? For all the wrong reasons, of course. So how do we make that happen without, how do we make that happen at the movies, I guess? That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, Submit your ideas, at (laughs) gmail.com. Let me know. I'm sure you won't it's a joke, but you can I guess if you want to uh what I was trying to get to though anyway my 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 little idea that I surmised uh partially as a bit, but the more I thought about it, the more I figured it would work. so I'm gonna pitch you guys a little movie, okay uh Good Friday the movie, right? I well, okay, here's the thing. I don't know anything about Jesus really outside of your like stereotypical general Jesus knowledge. Otherwise, you're not going to get you're not going to get correct information biblically on this episode or probably on this show at any point in time. I can't guarantee that cuz you never know what what might happen. Why is this wet? Oh, oh, everything's wet. I'm sorry. Uh, First time with a woman. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, not going to get any correct biblical stuff here, but we're going to get a little biblical. So enjoy that irony for 10 seconds before you understand why I'm pitching a movie. All right. So it's Groundhog Day, but. It's, it's the Groundhog Day time loop concept. Edge of Tomorrow, Palm Springs, whatever you want to pick. But it's a time loop movie, okay? And in this movie, you play Jesus of Nazareth. Well, you. You don't play him. In this movie, the main character is Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, if you will. Now, Jesus Christ, you know, we start, he wakes up in the morning. It's going to go beat for beat Groundhog Day, pretty much. Like, he wakes up one morning. It's this day. He's a little cranky, you know. um, He turns water into coffee. With his powers, but, it, you know, he's he's just a little off. He's too tired, so it's like shitty coffee. <laughs> he's just having a rough morning. You know what I mean? Nothing's working out. The camel traffic is insane. Uh, you get the idea. Uh, so anyway, at some point, Jesus is murdered. Oh, no. Crucified. Actually, it's worse. It's hours and hours of torture or whatever. Uh, So this timeline may have to be finagled a little bit because I don't like I said, did this all happen in one day? I don't know. Would this be better to get like a Last Supper in there? Was the Judas betrayal that day? Was it within a week? You know what I'm saying? So whatever the timeline is that allows you to maybe get more of the major events involved, then that's what the timeline is. That he's he wakes up on the morning of whatever the first event in that timeline is. So let's say, I'm going to make it up right now. He wakes up that day he's betrayed. Then, you know, two days later they have the Last Supper. Then two days later he's crucified or the crucifixion takes three days, whatever, whatever the appropriate timeline is, that's what we're following, okay? So just understand that part. So all of that stuff happens, then at the end he's crucified, right? Once he's finally, like, dead on the cross, he wakes up again at the beginning of that cycle, and then we go through the regular beats of, okay, he's trying to figure out If he's dead or not, or what's happening, is it the same day again? Was it all just a dream? So basically, you know, you end up going through the exact same beats again and then end up getting crucified. Now the next time you learn a little more, etc., etc. And now this turns into, can Jesus survive his own crucifixion? And that's the time loop. And so in the end Jesus would have to like avoid. So, you know, each time then he tries to okay, how do I not get betrayed by Judas? Oh, then he ends up avoiding being betrayed by Judas, but then he gets betrayed by somebody else instead. Oh, we got to pivot. Uh, does he just try to get out of town, but he gets out of town somebody already let somebody know or he's seen somewhere else? Then he tries it. You know what I mean? So there's all these avenues to go on what he tries to do instead or what may happen instead. Um, But he just keeps ending up dying no matter what. And then I don't know. But, you know, we could run a lot of ways with that. Maybe it ends with him not being crucified. And then... You know, I don't know, you could go, this would be like a comedy, for sure, also, this would not, so I don't know if you want to just go super ridiculous with it, where it's like, oh, he finally avoids the crucifixion, and then like four days later, he just like drowns in a pool or something, like, you know what I mean, there's a lot of ways you could go. And then they just like crucify his body then anyway, just to make it look like something, you know what I mean, like his followers do it on purpose. So then they can stage it and, like, he still becomes Jesus today. Whatever. Or you just fast forward to a future where, like, Judas is the number one worshipped guy and that's the religion of Judah. Well, you know what I mean? Whatever. A million ways to go. Um, so that's officially intellectual property of mine. Trademarked, copyrighted as of right now. Well... This moment that I'm speaking it Not the moment you're listening to it So If this idea is a thing After this You owe me money Or just hit me up Let's partner up You wanna write Whatever Let's get Get some shit going Good idea you know Um I don't imagine Mel Gibson would be interested But I'm sure some Jews down. Woody Allen, you want to go out on top? (laughs) Hit me up. I'll let a fucking 150-year-old weirdo direct my shit. Uh, Who wouldn't? You know, not a good joke. It's fine. It's fine. I can live with it. Don't worry about it. Uh, (laughs) So that was my pitch, ladies and gentlemen. So hear me out. Uh, I could do that elevator pitch real easy groundhog day but it's Jesus getting crucified comedy you know if, if 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 I could have gotten word to Mel Brooks 35 years ago about that movie it would be a classic today what can I say it's a parody and a religious romp we're good to go it writes itself All of my ideas are so high concept that I describe them as being able to write themselves, yet I don't write them. (laughs) That's actually not true. I got a script. Somebody read it. I need somebody to turn it into a real script because I'm just doing what I'm doing. Anyway, we're way off track here. Let's get to the movie of the hour, shall we? Or the week, I suppose that makes more sense. This episode's probably only going to be 30 minutes anyway, not even an hour, and I'm only giving it 15 minutes, so whatever that means. Uh, American fiction, so this is up for some Oscars, so we decided we were going to do some Academy Award movies back to back. Uh, Anatomy of a Fall was last week, you know, didn't love it, but that's okay Uh, American Fiction will be up for some majors, major awards At uh, the Oscars in a couple weeks, including Best Picture not best director. Odd when that happens, but it, it happens. There's more nominees in picture, so what what can you do? Uh, it's just definitely not going to win best picture. Best actor Jeffrey Wright. He was phenomenal and always is phenomenal in everything. So what can you say? Sterling K Brown best supporting. His character was a little uh, cartoonish for me, but we'll get into that. Not that his performance was bad. I just think, you know, best supporting actor. You know, fair nomination. He's a phenomenal actor as well, but what can you do there? Adapted screenplay, Cord Jefferson, who's also the director, so at least he gets some love there. And then, best original score to Laura Cartman. I gotta say, yeah, boy, loved the score to this movie. Some wonderful little, just like jazz beats that played over, tra- like. I love when somebody's doing a nice, simple jazz score, and then sometimes it plays even during the dialogue a little bit. It doesn't cut when it would normally cut in traditional moments of score like in other movies. It plays a little longer into scene transitions and stuff like that. Love all that. Love a nice little jazz score. Let's keep that going as a trend. I feel like I've been hearing that in a lot of things lately. Um... Or maybe I've just watched movies with it lately by coincidence and that it's not necessarily in recent releases. So, whatever. You kind of understand how that could work. Now, who is Cord Jefferson? I didn't know. Uh, But he was working on Master of None, The Good Place. He worked on HBO's Watchmen. Uh, So, all good stuff and things that I have watched. So, little did I know. I'd been a fan of this man's work. Uh, He also worked on Succession. uh, Just listed as a consultant. So, I don't know what that means or how involved he may have been. But I like this guy. He's got the talent. Uh, This was a very well-made film. Uh, Let me give you a little rundown of the plot here. So, essentially... Your boy, Jeffrey Wright, plays an English professor. I assume English, whatever, some, at least something similar. English-related. He's working in writing. A uh, professor at an unnamed Los Angeles University. Who He's also a novelist who is critically successful, academically successful, or lauded, whatever, uh, but does not sell that many books, hence him having to have a job in the first place, I guess is one sign. Uh, very early on, he is suspended for having a an interaction with a student about race that goes a little too far. And, I they, you know, they allude that it had been multiple incidents just like this. So he is put on leave and he goes to Boston to visit his family where he will also be attending some conference, you know, some uh book conference. So nothing any of us would know anything about. Am I right, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, And then we're off and he's there and he's dealing with his family. His family's stressing him out and he's stressed because he's not making any money from work. And he's stressed because of the exploitation of the black people in the media, Uh, you know, which partially fueled the reason for his fight with the students. So essentially they were talking about like an old Southern book and he had the N word written in a phrase. I forget the phrase that was quoted from a from an excerpt of something they were studying and it's basically a white girl who goes like, that word makes me uncomfortable. And he is a black guy, and he's like, uh, deal with it. I, I'm, I'm managing to handle it fine, which to me is as logical as any statement as you could possibly imagine. And the fact that someone would say that to that man is alarming, uh, especially when someone's trying to teach you something, you would think you would value the lesson instead of acting like you know better. And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously he was right, but the whole movie is basically that. There's a lot of great scenes of literally just, like, white girls standing up in front of him and stuff. And, uh, I mean guys too. But you know what I'm saying. Just the type that you would, uh, you, you'd you peg. The, the limousine liberals, as I've heard them referred to, which I like that term. I don't know how common that is. But I don't use it a lot. Till now. Now I'm on board. Uh, so then he's out in Boston and he just has a bunch of family issues and all the, all the stuff is going on. And then there's also this other book that he sees at the conference called like we, we's done lives in the ghetto, something along those lines. And it's exactly the same thing you would expect or, you know not you would expect but it's exactly the same thing that he is talking about that bothers him and basically his publishers oh that was another thing so he also while this is all happening was in the middle of submitting a new manuscript to his publishers for a new book and they're basically like it's not we want a black book and he's like i'm black it's my book it is a black book and they're like nah you know what we mean and then he goes and at this convention there's nobody at the panel that he is on and then there's a sold out room for another writer who has that book which is basically just black exploitation stuff a la whatever I don't know what examples they gave. Push by Sapphire or whatever you you know what people are, what we're talking about here uh, so anyway. That all just keeps riling him up, and then one night he writes a fake novel. I mean, one night, but you know what I mean. They blow it by. He basically quickly writes a full fake novel in the same vein about just really hammered-in, heavy stereotype uses. You know, single-parent guns, drugs, chains, uh, ebonics, heavy ebonics usage Whatever the modern term for that is, even I'm not aware. So whatever, if you find Ebonics offensive, you're part of the message of the problem or whatever. Or I am. I don't care. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. Anyway. And they eat it up and they basically, he writes it under a pen name. To make it, basically because he's embarrassed to have it under his own name. And they submit it as a joke, but they love it. The publishers actually end up loving it. Uh, So they take the pen name to the advantage. They make him out to be this, like, convict on the run character. And they get, like, movie rights done before it's even out. All this crazy stuff. It just gets more and more lucrative. And then simultaneously, basically the movie juxtaposes his personal world with his business world where everybody in the business world is a white person telling him what people want about black stories and all of those things. Uh, there's literally a scene where him and the other author of the reason to ghetto book are voted against for voting his book for book of the year because the two black people think that it is pandering and offensive But the three white people view it as powerful and whatever, and one of them literally stands up and is like, we think black people should have a voice. It's hilarious. So there's just a ton of like that very strong on-the-nose irony comedy, and the heavy satirical nature is there the whole time with... The business side of things, but then it's also like a very emotional, close-knit family comedy drama with his personal life, and they're juxtaposed very well. There's There's a version of this movie where it's just solely focused on him blowing up, doing the fake book, and becoming rich, and just continuing to exploit it and exploit it until it becomes out of hand, and then it blows up in his face or something. And it's whatever, and it's like an exciting, clever, funny comedy movie. But there's no depth to it in that scenario, and then it doesn't end up in any Oscar contenders, and it's probably just like, ah, a very refreshing, clever comedy. And don't get me wrong, I would love to see that version of this movie also, because the comedy stuff in this worked really well, and I was glued to the screen the entire time. Any of the book stuff was happening. And the family stuff was a little... uh, It was just unexpected for me. I wasn't less entertained. I kind of just kept waiting for more of the... Because just the surface level fun of all that. I just wanted more fun, I guess. But in the end, I do think it's more rewarding the way it worked out. So essentially a ton of stuff is going on with his family life while all this is happening... Uh, his mom is developing Alzheimer's, his sister literally dies, which was crazy and a little too much, but whatever, you know, it's a movie, they need, they needed to move things along, they had to intro her quick and whatever. And then Sterling K. Brown and his brother, is his brother who got caught by his wife with a man, so he's now fully out of the closet, but his life's kind of in, like, you know, a rough spot, obviously, um. So he's like having drug problems and then they all are still having problems forever because their dad killed themselves and it's basically like any of those problems could apply to any family or any race or whatever of any person in the entire country. They're literally all like doctors and like technically doing well financially but even they're struggling financially in certain ways because of certain reasons like being suspended or going through a divorce. Or your mom having Alzheimer's and you need to put her in a home or have round-the-clock care or whatever the case may be. They have, like, they're technically dealing with just, like, any upper-middle-class people's problems. It could be anyone is the whole point. So the irony of, like, no, we're writing about the black experience in this book is juxtaposed against what this black experience is, which is just an experience. And it's a brilliant correlation, um and they don't blow that in your face though there's not a scene where they're like this is what a black family is really like he mentions it in frustration and stuff he's like i have fucking problems in my life they're just not these ones that are problems but they're just not mine i can't relate to it like you know there's just this constant frustration um and then he ends up continuing to have more problems and they just feed into each other and all that but it's just a it's a really smart way to characterize it but not be in your face about anything or again they don't they don't make it seem like well this is also what everything is like they're just like hey this is what it is for him like at least for this one guy but there's going to be a ton of people that watch this movie and relate not to all of it but to parts of it because, you know, one of their financial struggles in the thing is like, oh, we have to sell our beach house because they are able to have one. You know, that's a crazy thing where I'm like, shit, I'm poor as shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I mean, you know, it, it's not supposed to be a thing where everyone can relate to everything all the time. That's just not a thing. You don't need to represent everything like that in that way to the bare minimum of a. Because then that's when you're in a stereotype, I guess. The bare minimum stereotype thing. Because show the worst possible situation of a thing and that's just how it is. Well, it's not just how it is and things are a little bit different and I like that they were able to show that with comedy, with effective drama, incredible acting all across the board. Um, You know, a little disjointed here and there where... Again, oh the family to business ratio I wish would have shifted a little more. I think the dynamic between um, Jeffrey Wright's character and then like his like I guess rival writer. they have like a, a showdown argument, but it doesn't really get anywhere. and I guess that's kind of the point though too is that like you either agree with one of them or you don't. But they're not going to change either one of each other's minds, which is essentially every argument everyone has with everyone about everything, but especially topics like this. And I don't know, I would just say everything is portrayed like incredibly well and there's poignant messages in here that I think a lot of people could stand to see and maybe take in. And I think that's what they were going for. And then they pull out a fakey ending on you. Spoiler alert here, which, you know, kind of did already anyway, but whatever. Where they do the... Because there's this one scene where he's like, let me call the movie producer guy. I'm... I got an idea. Then they just cut away to it. They don't reveal what that idea is until the end. Which is when this book wins the literary award... That he didn't want it to win. He goes up on stage and he's like, I got to tell you the truth. And he's basically finally going to reveal himself to everyone. And then it cuts and he's actually standing next to the producer and they're going over the script. And instead. Well, he just goes like, well, what actually happened there is nothing. I just didn't admit it was me and the guy didn't accept the award and we moved on and it's like still a secret so instead the movie is going to be the reveal of the truth and this movie is going to be about me basically the movie you just watched and then the ending ends up being he goes up the ending the fake ending to the movie ends up being He goes up on stage, tries to reveal that he's really him and he's just a regular writer who's been around for years and it was just an experiment or whatever. But instead the police come in because they were set up outside, staking out the room, waiting for him to come on stage, and then they shoot and kill him. And everything about that is brilliant. It ties back into the meta nature of the entire thing where he is playing himself as a writer and then it all cycles back and that it's based on a book The movie itself and all of this stuff and a brilliant way to end it. Just great, great stuff. I I really liked it a lot. And unfortunately, there's no way it's going to win Best Picture. Um, I think there's a firm chance that Jeffrey Wright. I don't know. What is that category looking like? We're going to have to pull up the categories here, ladies and gentlemen. Give me give me one a second here cuz he was good man and he he does he does comedy really well it was subtle he's asked to do actually kind of a lot because this movie as i mentioned it's both there's both a full comedy in here and a full drama in here and they don't really intersect ever which is difficult to balance uh, it's kind of crazy the more i think about it this is one of those ones that kind of sat with me a little bit better um and I like I feel like I liked it. I like it more the next day than I did as I was watching it. Uh, but let's see. <sighs> well, see, it's Killian Murphy where it's like I just don't see how Killian Murphy doesn't win. Um, it's like I could see Giamatti getting it as like a legacy award, I guess. But the holdovers, I feel like, is just too small of a movie to be recognized. Um, I don't even know what Rustin is. Sorry. Um like I know that he was like an activist or whatever, but like I I didn't even know that this movie came out is what I mean. Um was it good? Let's see. What were what were the reviews like? Eighty four percent for Rustin, sixty eight Metacritic. Okay. Okay. I'll trust it. <laughs> what did this come out on? Oh, it just came out on Netflix. Oh, well, maybe I'll watch this then. Great. We'll see. Uh, and Bradley Cooper, I feel like the hype for that movie died kind of the second it came out, unfortunately. I didn't watch it. I don't think I'm going to either. I'm just not interested. Uh yeah, I mean, I just don't see him beating Killian Murphy. And then what do we got for supporting here? Robert De Niro, Robert Downey Jr., Ryan Gosling. He has no chance, unfortunately. Even Mark Ruffalo, I hear. Like, that's probably the toughest category of the whole fucking awards. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's insane. The best supporting act. I mean, what a tough year to be in that category. Adapted screenplay? Oppenheimer, probably just because, although zone of interest needs to get some love from what I hear. I found out that that movie's not in English and I've no fucking interest, which is crazy, because it's an English director, I thought. But I think he's like English, like England, which means Europe, which means they don't they do other languages there. Fuck that. I don't I don't do that fucking communist bullshit. <laughs> uh then what do they have for score what are the what are they up against for score indiana jones i don't think so robbie robertson for killers i mean the killers of the Flower moon score was great oppenheimer was great yeah uh so tough categories they're probably not going to win anything there but that honestly it's a great movie if you have the chance to see it go see it um I went and saw it in theaters. It was $20 to rent. It, uh, my tic- the tickets I went to, I went to a matinee. They were 9 bucks each. So I saved money by going to the theater. Uh, if you want to watch it at home, it'll work at home. I would say just play it a little loud so you can hear that nice, smooth jazz. And really enjoy it. Um, but yeah, American Fiction. Our second I guess I only did one movie last week, too. I I just did Apocalypse Now with it, which doesn't even count. Uh, So, yeah, we'll do another Oscars movie next week, and then we'll do an Oscars recap show after. Hopefully something interesting happens, but hopefully to Will Smith instead of by Will Smith. Uh so yeah, that sounds like a fun plan. Rate review and subscribe to Requiem for a Tuesday. Please, please, please. Uh goes a long way. Let's keep those numbers up. Share the episodes with your friends, with your family, with whoever. Tell a stranger to check me out. <laughs> That's that was a crazy sentence. Um And I think that's it. You know, check out all the links in the description below. Thanks for tuning in as always. And remember, I know you forget, but please remember, I are fat. You are fat. We are fat. Calculator.